my friend is here. Our friend is here. One of the smartest white men on this side of heaven, Bill Lockwood. And Bill Lockwood is a writer, radio host, and a radio host at American Liberty with Bill Lockwood. Uh, he is a teacher in Wichita Falls, Texas, and preacher at Our Park Church of Christ. Y'all gotta check him out. He is amazing. The next president, I believe. And I want to talk to Bill about uh, all our rights that are being taken away, the Democratic Party, what's happening in America. Good morning, Bill. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Jesse. How are you today? Amazing. Thank you for coming on. I always appreciate having you on. Oh, I enjoy being here. Thank My you. My privilege. So, Bill, after that power shortage or whatever happened there, everything back to normal now in your area? Yes, sir. It's back to normal. There's a lot of a, there's been a lot of cleanup, but there's if it's back to normal, though, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people having that fix their houses and fix the plumbing and that kind of thing. There's a lot of things like that happening. So, but that's um, you know uh, I know they're out of PVC pipe at uh, at Lowe's for a while there. So because there are so many people have broken lines, but uh, yeah. I think things are back to normal now. Oh, good. And are you back in the classroom or are you still teaching from home? Virtual teaching, whatever. We're back in the it. classroom, actually. Oh, good. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because We're the, back go in the, the governor yeah. opened everything up there, huh? Well, that's true. But uh, we were in the classroom before the governor opened up, actually. Um, uh, we have a superintendent who uh, felt like that we needed to be back in the classroom, and uh, we took the precautionary measures. But nevertheless, we had uh, been in the classroom for some time. So uh, it's a little different uh, here in Wichita Falls than in some places. But uh, I think that we've done really successfully and had a good good go of it. Oh, good. I uh, I want to uh, before we get into our topic you to take a stab at my biblical question this week. What does Satan look like? Well, you know, the Bible says that he transforms himself into an angel of light. So, uh, you know what? It could, he could look like uh, just a, a, a man in a suit standing there talking. You know, I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> I don't know that we have any physical description, but he does. Uh, he does operate through emissaries on the earth. So I'm not. I'm not certain what he looks like physically, though. Okay. Well, I put my little two cents in on Sunday. I want to hear what others have to say about it. Um, so, what's your impression of what is happening in America today, and how do we turn this around? Well. Uh, to the latter portion of the question first, uh, turning it around, I, I, I don't know that that's going to be possible unless unless people get wise real quick and get a backbone on, on what we need to do. I wrote uh, our representative at this area, James Frank, and I told him that I wanted him to support putting uh, Texas secession, at least on the ballot. I think that people need to speak on it. He, he says, no, I'm not going to be supportive of that. He says America needs Texas. And uh, so he felt like that that was something that we can't do because it's not written in the Constitution that we can secede. I said, look, I said, we have a right before God to live free. And I think that ought to be a, an option that we have. 
But be that as it may, uh, that's that's there are just so many people that are too weak. I think that's just absolutely too weak and uh, short-sighted, nearsighted to be able to see that uh, freedom depends upon whether we have our own self-determination or not. Yeah. And self-preservation as a people. But I, I say that now back to the first part of the question. I think we're in we're in serious, serious trouble. Uh, there's no way that you can have a country that has integrity, that has uh, that has no borders. Number one, and we have we have taken down the borders, and that was, of course, one of the things that President Trump uh, campaigned on and also uh, officiated on, and that was about having to have some borders. Yeah, that's number one. Number two, uh, they're they're taking away all of our uh, rights. They're just trampling over our rights, right and left, and uh, the gun rights, of course, is one of those. And, uh, you know, that one of the last things to disappear in a free society before we go completely totalitarian is the ability to defend oneself from, and the founders didn't put it there, that we might go hunting or that we might protect our ha- houses from being broken into necessarily, but to protect ourselves from an overzealous government. And that's exactly where we are right today. So uh, we're in serious trouble, and people better awaken to that fact. I noticed that in the attempt of trying to take away all of our rights, what the Democrats are doing is they're taking away the First Amendment. You know, you don't have a right to speak up because they don't want a different view out there so people can have something to measure the lie with, to measure the truth, you know, between the lie and then the Second Amendment. If we, if the people were to start to speak up, would that make a difference? Well, uh, it, uh, I guess a good number of them better start speaking up then because that's, you know, they're, they're crashing our borders right now. Yeah. And um, it, I, I don't know exactly what we, I mean, the state of Texas and other states are, are implementing measures to protect our borders, but that's one thing. But here's something else. The government has forbidden news organizations from going down to the border to take pictures of it. I cannot hardly believe that even liberal organizations such as the news media, which are always in the back pocket of the socialists, that they will take the standing orders of the administration that they're not allowed to even report on what's going on on the border. This is absolutely insane for a country that's supposedly based on freedom and freedom of expression and free flow of thought. Well, I noticed that a lot of people are afraid to speak up about what's happening and because they have fear of losing a job or losing family or losing oh. friends or losing something. And then they are afraid of the attack from the blacks on, upon, uh, brought upon them. How can they overcome that? Well, first of all, we better repent before God and, and come, come to our knees and, and repent that we have been so weak and help us to see clearly what, what really needs to be done. You know, in the Old Testament, there were, there were men of Issachar who were wise men in David's camp who knew the times and they knew what to do. And that's exactly what we need to be. We need to be about people who know the times and we need to know what to do. Yeah. But we need to repent before God for being inactive, for being so selfish in our own lives that we would rather be at a ball field instead of worshiping God on Sunday for one thing. And, uh, and going instead of going to Bible class, that we'd rather be in the stands that's the kind of activity that we've been involved in. And it's just, we've been so selfish 
in our own measures instead of relying upon God. Yeah. So I think that's number one step. I have been saying that um, South Africa is now in America. First, I was saying it was coming, but now it's in America, yeah. whereas they, they, uh, uh, the blacks took over in South Africa. Then they destroyed the police departments, defunded them, and uh, they pushed white folks out of the cities, out into the fields somewhere, and now they're taking the land away from the whites and without compensation. And people, there are people in America who still don't believe me that that is possible. Uh, and recently in Illinois, I believe it was Illinois, they passed a reparation bill where they're going to give black people land or some money and farm or something dumb, right? Mm -hmm. And eventually they're going to take, that was Everston, Illinois. Yeah, Everston, Illinois. And eventually they're going to take white people land and homes away from them with, without compensation because now they have all these radical blacks, especially the black women, in position of so-called power in the government. And they are passing laws where right. white people can't do anything about it. Can, am I wrong about that? No, you're not wrong about that. That's exactly what's happened. That's exactly what the Democrat, a.k.a. Socialist Party of America, wants. That's what they want. They've been pushing that. The Democratic leaders have been pushing that for a long time. It will be the dissolution of America, but that's exactly where we are. You know, Franklin Roosevelt, whom, of course, is no hero of mine, he stated, nothing happens in politics by accident. And that's exactly what's happened here. We've, we've seen the, the black riots through the summer of last year and even before that all over the country. And no one, no law enforcement was able to do anything to stop it at all, yeah. whether it be blacks or whites or whomever. But those kinds of rioting and destruction of private property, which many leaders have said that's that's justifiable now, which is unbelievable. But many of them have said they wanted that to be the case, and it was not an accident. So they allowed that to occur, and they just have America just hanging by a thread now at this particular point. So I think that's ex you're exactly right. That's where we're headed with it. This is, this is a matter of fact, neo-Marxism. Neo-Marxism is taking the whole concept of Marxism and transforming it into a racial war. And that's what we're doing in America. It's, it's a racial war. And we saw it, the opening shots of it, that is on the streets last summer. Washington, D.C. is still shut down. It's amazing. And we're living in a police state in D.C. Yeah. Now, people that are think about that. How is that the case? And ha has anybody ever given us any any real intelligence about somehow that some group of white supremacists are intending to take over the White House or the Capitol or anything. We haven't had any, any hard intelligence on that at all. They just say, well, we're just afraid someone's going to do something like that. This is an excuse by the Democrats to put us in a police state. Yeah. Up in Oakland, California, the mayor up there, is now given a will be where they're going to give black people $500 a month for 18 months, they say. But white people need not apply because they can't get it. And there's no outcry about that. It's tax. It's the workers' money. 
she's going to only give it to blacks. And she was able to say it without any repercussions. And if it was the other way around, they'd be burning Oakland down. And yet white people or no one is saying anything about this. This is mind-blowing to me. It is mind-blowing. You know, once you get into a socialistic state, which is we, where we are with welfare, and, and we are accustomed to the government stealing from one person and giving to another, we have been hardened, our consciences have been seared, and many people are afraid to speak up at all about what is an obvious theft of the American people. Yeah. That's what's happening. But this, this is what occurs when you have socialism. Then you have complete eradication of moral sensitivity among people that can no longer recognize right and wrong and stealing from one group of people and giving to another. They don't recognize that. We've been doing that for a long time, Jesse. We've been stealing from one group and giving to other groups all the time. So all we're doing is transforming it from whites to blacks at this point. That's amazing. There is a why did Karl Marx wish to abolish private property? Well, that was because that's the, one of the keys to freedom. And that, in his mind, that was the key to freedom. Because private property enables us to excel. It enables us to have law and order. Yeah. It enables us to have, uh, to, to have capital and to grow exponentially, but with, without private property. Private property keeps you from being a slave. And that's what he wanted. He wanted everyone to be a slave on a government plantation. And uh, he, by the way, he hated, he hated the concept of private property because he hated God. And that was, that was his initial hatred. Uh, he was a, a devilish creature. Uh, he, he lauded satanic movements. And uh, he hated any God-given right that men have. And so he was all about taking down a God-given uh, God rights and, and destroying those and eroding them from men. I remember uh, growing up, our parents and grandparents and others, even in schools, were teaching us at the time and encouraging us to make sure that we got a job and buy land, that we should always buy a home, buy some land, because they knew that to own land is your freedom, right? It's a part of being free and that you could do a lot if you own land. I also remember there was a time when if you didn't own land, you were not able to vote. And I think we are at a time now where we need to go back to those principles. If you don't own land, you cannot vote and encourage people to buy land. Young people need to be buying land and starting businesses and so they can maintain their freedom. I don't think they realize how important that is. Well, you know, uh, Jesse, private property is even more than land. It's more than physical assets. Yeah. Private property actually reaches into the laws that protect private property. Hernando de Soto wrote a, a fabulous book called The Mystery of Capital. I would encourage everyone to read it. The Mystery of Capital. He goes around the world. He's, he's from a South American country. I believe he's from Peru. But he travels all over the world and and examines what is the problem, why is it that foreign aid, for example, does not assist foreign countries from America to foreign nations? Why does it not, why does it not assist them? Why is it that they have the same and even more assets? Now think about this. They have more assets in Africa than we do in America. They have more assets 
for example, in, in Egypt, in Cairo, Egypt, than they do in America. They have more assets in all these third world countries than America. Why are they not able to use it and utilize it and, and have, have economic growth and prosperity and freedom? The reason is because they have not laws in place that are uniform throughout the country that protects private property. Yeah. If you don't have laws that protect private property, I have, I have just a small acreage here in Wichita Falls, but if there are not laws to protect my property, then really, in essence, I don't have private property. I'm going to live back to, I'm going back to the hand-to-mouth days, and I'm going to have to defend my property with my life and with force. But you have to have laws in place to do it. And that's exactly what Karl Marx understood. He said you have to have private property to have freedom. Remove private property and the laws that protect it, and you don't have freedom. Yeah. The founders considered private property uh, a natural right from God. Am I right about that? Sure, that, and that's exactly correct. You know, the Old Testament recognizes that there's private property. Thou shalt not steal assumes that you own something that belongs to you that does not belong to me. Thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not covet. The 10th commandment, same thing. It assumes that you have private property that has been given you by whom? By God, or we can say natural law. You own that, and therefore, it is wrong for me to take it. The same thing is the case in the New Testament. That is, stealing, of course, theft is wrong simply because private property belongs to an individual. And... By the way, this is this is where social justice is way, way off. They they believe that men such as Jim Wallace, who was the spiritual advisor to Barack Obama, thought that, you know, the Jerusalem church in Acts was all about redistributing the wealth. Well that that is nonsense. That was free will contribution. But that assumes once again private property. I can't contribute if I don't have something to contribute. So private property is really the key to freedom, and it's based upon natural law that God uh, gives us. So life, liberty, and property. That's why those are the key elements to freedom. Yeah. Um, yeah, we had Jim Wa uh, Wallace on this show sometime back now, and he's like a—he's a snake. A snake in the grass. Yeah. <laughs> Seven yeah. years back. Right. Uh I just got a notice from someone for you. The second minute in private property, right? This person said the Second Amendment is a private property right to protect your body. I don't, do you understand that? Well, you know what? Uh, it, of course, it doesn't say that. It's specifically worded that way. But I understand that sentiment. I think that's correct. And that is that... Uh, we do have a right to protect ourselves. Let me back up and say it this way, that we have a right to keep and bear arms, not because the Constitution says we may or may not. I have a right to protect my person, my property, myself from God. It's a natural law. I have the right to protect myself. The Founding Fathers put that in the Constitution but many people misunderstand the first 10 amendments, the Bill of Rights. They are not grants of rights. They are recognizing that these are rights that we have from God and the government 
you may not touch these rights. And the Tenth Amendment states that if we missed anything else, or rather the Ninth Amendment states, if we missed some of the rights in writing them out here, you have those too. Well, where do you get them, Jesse? Where do we, re- where do we receive them? God. We receive them from God. Yeah. And therefore, these Ten Amendments are really a thou shalt not touch to the federal government our rights. The problem is a lot Joe of... Biden, of course, and the... I was going to say, they, they, of course, don't believe anything like that. They don't believe in God, apparently. Yeah. And they, therefore, everything is a grant of the government. And what the government gives, the government can take away. A, a lot of young people don't know the Constitution, so they don't realize what's being taken away from them because they were not taught the Constitution while going through school. Right. You know what I, I asked? I ask young people all the time, where do you receive your right to speak, for example, the First Amendment, yeah. right to speak your opinion? Where do you receive that? They always say the answer inevitably is the government gives you the right. Yeah. I say, where do you, okay, where do you get the right to bear arms? The government gives you the right. I say, where do you have the right, for example, to private property? Well, the government gives you the See, that's, that's where our young people in high school are. Now, I haven't pulled all of them, but I tell you what, I talk to a lot of them, and that is always, yeah. almost 100% time, the answer. That is absolutely wrong. We're, we, we don't understand the very nature of our Constitution. It is The Bill of Rights was written to tell the federal government, I have these rights from God. You stay off of them. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, I want to ask you this, then there's one phone call for you, I think, before we leave. Um, Okay. I noticed that the government today is very slick in the way that they are doing this and that they are deliberately putting right. radical black women and men in position of power and then they're creating these radical laws and they are openly right. attacking white people by calling them racist, this and that. And so they're putting the black people in position in government, different businesses, and schools, all over the place, right? And if a white person disagrees with the blacks, the first thing they say, well, you are racist. Even if the white person is just innocently yeah. speaking up for themselves, they say, you are racist. And then they get rid of that white person by calling them a racist. And it seemed to justify that the blacks were right. And so now a lot of white people are starting to see this, and that is causing fear in them. They are not able to speak up. So the blacks are being used once again for destruction because the only purpose of black people on earth today is not to build but to destroy. And so they are using the blacks, and the blacks are too happy to do it, to destroy by outright calling white people racist and getting rid of them and, and replacing them with these radical blacks. Well, you know, Biden's administration indeed has put in so many radicals and all of them almost with one voice, for example, speak against the right to keep and bear arms, the yeah. Second Amendment. They tell us, they, for example, they want, to, they want to morph that into a health care issue. The gun violence is a health care issue. Well, what is that to say? Well, that's to say then health authorities are going to look at it. Oh, okay, we, we need to get rid of firearms. Well, 
You see, they're, they're trying to put everything in that kind of in a different category. And the same thing regarding this, when they talk about white supremacy, that's simply neo-Marxist labels in order to drive divisions between whites and blacks. And it is to assign motives to people they don't know anything about motives, but that's what they want to say. In reality, in reality, people ought to be able to assess right and wrong positions without being accused of having some supremacist idea within them or hatred of blacks or hatred of whites. Uh, assess a position. Yeah. Uh, that's, that is so, so successful for them. They have just run all over the country with that. And it's a neo-Marxist position to drive a wedge between whites and blacks. Yeah. That's what that is. It's not even real. It's just that they say it. And because most people don't think for themselves, they believe it and they start acting out. They start the blacks start fighting with the whites as though it's true. I um I want to ask you something else. Blah 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 blah. Um, <laughs> okay. I forgot there was something. I don't know if I can answer that one. <laughs> <laughs> there was something and it slipped my mind. Um, it's I'm I'm kind of blown away at the fact that. This country was founded and built by white people. And as a result, they did it all in the name of God. And it became the greatest country in the world. And that white people, especially white men, are so afraid. Because I used to think that white people were strong. They were not afraid, right? But they are so afraid to stand up for the country that they founded and, and built were built on the back of white people. If it wasn't for white people, there would be no America. And I'm just stunned at the fear that they have. And they'll send it back and allow people who don't know how to run a home or anything to just destroy it without any speaking up or anything. It's like they have laid their weapons down and they're just giving up already. You know what? That's a good point, Jesse. That the men who built this country, there's, there's, there's something that's more important than the fact that they're white. That is, they were believers in God. Yeah. They had a God-centered world view. They all of them believed in a God-centered world view. They, they recognized that slavery was wrong. They tried to get rid of it. England disallowed that from happening. But they had a God-centered worldview that drove them to understand how to frame a government to protect the freedoms that God gave you. That's, that's the key element in the founding of America. But today, that has evaporated among the people, whether it be and the white people, they, they, uh, whomever it may be, they're, they're not a church, but they don't, they don't believe in God. And if they do, they just have to... Amazing. Hold on, can Bill stay with us a little longer? Uh, Nick, do you know? I know you have to teach. Sure, that's fine. No, no, that's, that's fine. Oh, I'm okay. I want you to take some calls, Bill, when I yeah. come back. Let me take a quick break. Bill, tell the folks, before we go to the phones, tell the folks how to uh, uh, get to reading for the Bible brand, American Liberty with Bill Lockwood, your books and everything. Well, thank you, Jesse. Yes. You know what? I have uh, two YouTube channels. One of them is called Writing for the Bible Brand, R-I-D-I-N-G, Writing for the Bible Brand. And it's an eight-minute <clears throat> Bible lesson, seven or eight minutes. 
And I, uh, <clears throat> I'm talking, I'm sitting on the back of a horse. I just talk about a passage and make application to the cult, uh, culture that's currently uh, in America. And then the other uh, YouTube channel is uh, American Liberty with Bill Lockwood. And that's the show. So that will be uh, an, almost an hour length, but I'll have usually guests on there, such as yourself and, and others, and I'll talk about the issues of the day. So those are the two YouTube channels. And the radio station uh, that does it here is in News Talk 1290. That's, it airs at Saturdays at 11 a.m. And, and in Lubbock and Abilene on KFYO in Lubbock, and that's on Sunday afternoon at 5 o'clock, as well as in uh, Abilene at 5 o'clock as well. Then the, the website is exactly the same. American Liberty with Bill com, And then I have a book on there that one might, might order and uh, other materials. So that's, those are the, those are my spots. Amazing. Uh, it's amazing too, that you are able to get that horse to stand still for seven or eight minutes. Do you, <laughs> do you, <laughs> do you threaten the horse beforehand? <laughs> oh no. Like if you don't no, stand you know still, I'm uh, not going to feed you. No. <laughs> well, they don't understand English, so uh, they wouldn't be able to know what I'm saying. <laughs> no, actually, um, you know, when I do have to ride that horse just a little bit, just kind of, they want to get moving a little bit, move yeah. the legs, and so I let them move, and I ride a little bit, and then I then they be able to stand. So if I ride them some, see, that's one of the psychology of horses. You ride them a little bit, and then I say, stand. And they'll say, okay, I'm happy to stand. If they want to start walking, then I ride them some more. Then it's, okay, now you're going to stand. Oh, okay, I think I'll stand here now. <laughs> See, instead of moving apart. <laughs> Amazing. Let's go to Mark, a first-time caller out of Palm Spring, California. Hey, Mark, you're on with Bill Lockwood. Hey, Jesse, I'm a, uh, you're one of my heroes. And, Bill, thank you for being on Jesse's show. Thank you, Mark. And what I want, what I want to... Uh, mention is I'm I'm a 63 year old old school liberal back when liberals believed in free speech and um, I didn't vote for Biden I didn't vote for Trump you know I didn't vote for it was the first time um, the last two elections I didn't vote for either party just because even though I'm a registered Democrat I'm more like an independent because this Democratic Party I do not recognize so my question to you folks is this really it goes to Jesse and also to you, Bill. What is wrong? What, what do you perceive the Biden agenda to be, and how different will it be when it comes to families? Because, quite frankly, I'm going to be honest with you. When I drive through a fast food place or anything like that, and I see these 18- or 19-year-old young men, young males, I mean, 90% of them are... You know, they're incels, they're soy boys, they're feminized. And then when I see the women, the women are all masculine. So um, do you think Biden and his administration will continue to push this feminization of America, this matriarchy, so that real men like me don't have to drive through these fast food restaurants because we're forced to because of COVID? And literally every time I drive through there, I'm looking at a soy boy. And I'm not trying to be funny here. So, you know, <laughs> to me, let me put it this way, Jesse and Bill. If the Chinese and Russians knew just how weak these young soy boy, boy beta males were, they'd invade us tomorrow and take over our country. Yeah. And I'll be honest with you. You know, when I drive through there, you know, if I even make, you know, like a 
well, what, what is now co- considered politically incorrect, but back then it wasn't. You know, if I even made a joke about, you know, you know, vagina or something, you know, if I even make an off-color joke like to these guys, you know, you know, about even, you know, picking up women or whatever, just anything that, you know, real men would just consider, you know, funny, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. These soy boys look at me like they're my grandmother trying to, they're in shock. And it, it, I'll be honest with you, it makes me goddamn puke now. And I don't know what to do about it. I literally, uh, I get sick to my stomach when I go out there and I see these feminized men. So do you think that the Biden administration, and, and the reason it is is because hey, Mark, we're already, Mark, we're, Mark, we're Mark, the third generation of it. Mark, go right to your question for Bill. My question to Bill and to you is, well, what do you think the Biden administration's policies are going to do to try to reverse this trend, or if they're going to reverse this trend? Go ahead, Bill. Oh, no, they're not going to reverse it. Uh, I think this is what they want, Mark. Hey, listen, Mark. <coughs> You call. I mean, you, you had. Uh, I think you're right on target uh, with your assessment yep. of what's happening to the American. And I'm liberal too. I'm liberal. About two years ago, called the. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I heard you say that, and but I had a sermon about two years ago. I'm uh, preaching the churches of Christ, and it was called the feminization of the American man. And I had yes. a series actually on that very thing, which is the Metro Man, the same thing you're talking about. Uh, and the and the homosexual agenda, honestly, which is taking place in America, but Biden is is going to push that. He's already had transgenders in office. He's already right. pushed to transgender laws as far as the uh, bathrooms and so forth are concerned. And I think you're exactly right. If the if our enemies knew uh, wh- where the American man stood today, uh, I think they probably would invade tomorrow. Um, I yeah. think you're right, Mark. Over in, Chi- over in China, they're already recognizing in China yeah. that the men are weak. So mm-hmm. their focus now is to restore masculinity in China because they see that the men are weak over there. They have to be aware that the men are weak over here as well. Oh, yeah. Now, let me make one more point real quickly, boys, uh, man. Um, 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 I'm 62, 63. My brother, my younger brother's 58. And... I lived with a gay man for 18 years. That was my brother, my younger brother. And um, personally, um, from my experiences, he was born gay. So I believe that people are born that way. But my issue here is this, and I even tell my brother this and he laughs. My 58-year-old brother, okay, even when he was 16, 17, 18, was not as stemmed out or as ferried out as these straight soy boys are today. And even my brother agrees. In other words, these straight sword boys come across more gay than my younger brother did at any time in his life. So, so is this really the product? It's the product of two things. The third generation of single motherhood and low testosterone because of environmental uh, uh, effects. Do you, do, you, do, you, do you men agree with that? Go ahead, Bill. I... I- I do agree with that. I think that, uh, just like I said, the feminization of the American man. You know what? It's interesting, Mark, that you and I have a lot in common. I'm 62 myself. I have a brother who's 58, but he's on the opposite spectrum of that. Uh, He actually is a man's man and and really a a stand-up man. And uh, he's a retired colonel in the Air Force, a pilot for United Airlines. And he's just a, a great man's man. 
and yeah. kind of a John Wayne type of character. And uh, but but be that as it may, um, yeah, that's exactly how I see it. That what you've said, and and we're facing difficult times because of it. Um, yeah. I disagree with you about whether born homosexual or not. But be that as it may, I yeah. think you're exactly right on your assessment of our culture. Well, one thing that has happened, uh, Mark, is that men have been turned away from God toward yep. mothers, and so they have taken on the mother's identity. And her identity is feminine, it's emotional, it's doubtful, and that's why men must be born again so they can return to the Father. God said there will become a day when I return the children to the fathers and the fathers to the children. And if ever we needed that, we need it now. Mark, thanks for your call. I appreciate it. Call me again, all right? All right, I'm going to call you again and talk about no fap or fap, okay? All right, buddy. Thank you. All right, thanks, bro. Keep up the good work, my man, and keep up the good work, Bella. God bless you. I appreciate what you're doing, and it's up to you, me, and everybody else. I don't have kids, but it's up to us to train these young soy boys into being real men, if we have any hope for this country at all. Don't you agree? Thank you. Yes, absolutely, man. Thank you. All right. Uh, Let me go to Columbus, Georgia. I used to hang out in Columbus, Georgia. Ken Fos Corner. Did you know they had a Ken Fos Corner in Columbus, Georgia? Bill, did you know they had a Ken Fos Corner in Columbus, Georgia? No, and I've been to Columbus, Georgia. Yeah, up in Columbus, Georgia. And we used to work up there during the summer. And every morning we would all gather at this certain corner and go to the coffee shop and for black people only. And we used to have fun. Oh, <laughs> well, I went to the university there, the college, and had a debate with an atheist on the campus of the college there in Columbus. Amazing. A small world. Ian, yeah. you're on with Bill Lockwood. Thanks for calling. Hey, what's up, Bill? Jesse, thank you for taking my call. Yes, sir. You're welcome. That's, also, uh, yeah. that's a good segue when you said that you guys would hang out at this black coffee shop and you would all have a good time. Because uh, my question is... Uh, in the Bible, I'm pretty sure it says, love your neighbor, uh, but it doesn't say love everyone. And my question is, do you think that, well, I guess the first part of the question is, does it say love your neighbor in the Bible? And, and that's kind of where it, where it ends. It doesn't say love everyone. No, that's that's incorrect, uh, actually. And, you know, the Bible teaches love your enemies. Uh, okay. You know, in the Old Testament, it was just love your neighbor. And the, and the Jewish practice was love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But Jesus says, love your enemies, pray for them that persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. Now, I want to say, I, I hurry to add this. That doesn't say that we're to have certain feelings in the sense of uh, love. But the idea is that we wish... We wish good. We don't wish evil upon people. So loving your enemies is a moral decision that we make, that we are going to follow God and we pray for those who persecute us. That doesn't mean that we don't point out error, and it doesn't mean that we don't point out uh, the the wickedness that they practice. But nevertheless, it's that we pray for them and we love them in that sense. Amazing. Absolutely. And how did you end up in Columbus, Georgia? I was born in California, uh, very brief. I don't remember anything. And then my parents moved to Tampa because that's where my dad's mom lived for a while. And then we moved up to Columbus 
because my dad got a job, and, and here we are, and I've been here ever since. Amazing. I have a lot of family members in Columbus and Phoenix City and all around Atlanta, all around that yeah. area there. Amazing. Well, thank you, Ann. Anything else for Bill? Uh, yeah, actually, <laughs> I, I admit, when I was on the phone, I had a list of things I kind of developed. Uh, well, you know, I ask him one I, more question because we ran out of time, so ask the yeah, one you yeah, really I, want I him to respond one. to. Yeah, so I guess when I was getting out with the love your neighbor thing, because I also have ran down here like the golden rule, you know, treat others the way you would like to be treated, which kind of goes with loving your enemy like what Jesus said. But my question would be, uh, you know, loving your neighbor, it's interesting that they phrased it like that because, you know, for the longest time humans kind of existed in like this tribe-sized uh, groups, like three to ten, let's just say, families, and... That was kind of the the extent of human interaction, you know. It, eventually, we got cities and huge, huge areas. But I just think it's interesting that it says "love your neighbor," and could that be, you know, this idea that you have this group, this small group, three, three to ten families, and that's that's your crew. You know, you love your neighbor. That's your neighbor. And, and all that means don't hate anyone. We don't have a right to hate. We have to speak up. We have to deal with evil, but don't hate. That's all I mean. You're putting too much into it. Okay. All right. Keep it simple, buddy. Call me again, man. I appreciate it. Let me go quickly to David out of uh, Kansas City. David, you're on with Bill Lockwood. Hi, Jesse. Hi. Hello, Bill. Hey. Thank you for having me. Uh, hey, David. Huge pleasure. I just wanted to ask kind of a... Uh, a question about uh, our current state of affairs. So uh, my question in, in, in itself is, uh, has capitalism died? And I think the writing is on the wall. And I think the big difference between um, like capitalism and socialism is choice. And capitalism so what's your question david real fast sorry has capitalism died bill i mean it just to me it looks like hold on david hold on buddy go ahead bill you know what i i just gonna say i agree with david i think that capitalism is at least on the ropes it is dying uh, and that is because of government intrusion exactly what we call today i mean Commentators call it crony capitalism, but that's really not capitalism and socialism in which a big government overseer is taking over everything and considered to be the ownership of all properties, all rights and the grantor of rights and the and the taker back of rights. And that's that's the government. And uh, I think that's exactly right. Capitalism it implies freedom and it implies freedom of choice, that you have the freedom to do what you will with your, your own private property. And I think you're exactly right. I think if we really look at what's going on, we're slowly converting into socialism. And I don't think they have the guts to come out and tell you, hey, we're socialist, because they know it doesn't work. That's right. But they'll mask it like, oh, no, we're capitalist. No, we're not. <laughs> so you know, well, I just wanted that. to. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Bill. No, I. 
I just going to say, I, I knew you're short of time. I didn't mean to interrupt you, David. You know what? I think you're right. It, it reminds me of what happens in churches. You know, false teachers step into a church and they might kind of throw out a line or two here and there just to kind of test the waters and see where people are and see what kind of reaction they get. And then they get bolder and bolder and bolder as they see that there's no negative reaction and kickback on what they've said. That's how churches are taken down by false teachers. And so guys get in there and do that. Yeah. And they start drifting them along the way. And people don't and have any worry. backbone to stand okay. up or tell the truth. And it's the, same th- and it's the same thing here. You know, the last 40 years, they've been talking socialist ideas and socialism. And, well, that's socialistic. Well, we don't want to call them socialist. Now they're out openly saying, okay, it's socialist. Yeah, well, we've known that for a while. Yeah. Franklin Roosevelt was a socialist. That's what he was. That's his orientation. Yeah. But we kind of, well, we didn't want to do that, but now it's open. So I think you're right, David. Thank you, Dave. I appreciate it. Bill, last word. Um, I noticed that when Obama became the father Messiah was in the White House, he and uh, Big Mama Michelle, they really urged in socialism. Obama did the don't ask, don't tell. He opened that up where people can't ask and tell. Uh, he, uh, I mean, he pushed homosexuality like it was God. He separated the races like no one else I've ever seen in my entire life. He also pushing this idea of women leading and taking over. He really helped to bring in all that stuff in a big way. And President Trump was turning it around, but now that he's not there temporarily, they have brought back Obama administration, it seems, and they are really in a rush to really get it in before they, uh, before they lose the opportunity to do it. Well, I think that the uh, the last election, uh, that is, with when Trump was elected as president, I think that shocked everybody. I thought that uh, they all believed that Hillary Clinton would be the president, and they were just going to track along with socialism as Obama had done. And he had been kind of, you know, putting it in place. Place and he'd been, of course, he'd lied to the American people, openly lied about his belief on homosexuality, for example. Yeah. But nevertheless, now when now they've got the Obama administration back in office, and they are, yeah, like you're saying, ninety going to north or how you ever put it, you know, they're going, they're going quickly, as hard as they can, because they, you know, that that was a roadblock to them, the Trump administration. Now they're back on track, and they say, let's get it done this time. And now, let's not wait. And that's exactly their attitude. Amazing. Bill, tell the folks how to get to your radio, website, and all that good stuff. Yeah. Thank you, Jesse. Well, it's American Liberty with BillLockwood.com. That's the website. And uh, on there, you have the articles. And then uh, the YouTube channels, American Liberty with Bill Lockwood. And then the other one is Writing for the Bible Brand. And you can find all my stuff there. Bill, thank you so much. I appreciate you, man, and we'll have you back soon. Thank you. I can't wait, Jesse. Thank you so much for having me. All right. That was fun. I appreciate you, Bill. Amazing. And don't forget to like, follow, tweet, subscribe, and share the Jesse Lee Peterson Radio Show, folks. We really appreciate it. We are at war. It is a spiritual battle for the soul of America, and it's going to take all of us to do it.